Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Starling City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Alison Kennedy, and always with me... Ross Shaw. Excellent. And uh, our other host, uh, Mr. Andrew Urquhart, who's going to be a frequent host as we're going to be covering Flash now that we're back from our mid-season break, is unfortunately otherwise occupied, so you're going to have to stick with the, the old dogs just now. So, <laughs> um, Not too much... Um, Arrow News, but we came back with a bang um, this week. Uh, we had a new episode of Arrow and yep. of Flash, so I believe we're going to kick things off with Arrow. Yep, we certainly are. I mean, uh, yeah, in terms of news-wise, I mean, I think we're too uh, we're too busy and too sort of um, celebrating the fact that Arrow returned. So uh, uh, we'll have plenty to talk about, especially in this. Uh, well, I wouldn't say action-packed episode, but. Uh, it certainly was uh, was a, a strong uh, beginning for um, uh, a strong return for Arrow uh, in this episode. Uh, I believe it's titled "Left Behind." Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, cool. Uh, this title uh, it's titled "Left Behind," and um, after obviously the shock ending of um, uh, the mid-season finale, when we see Oliver Queen uh, being beaten by Raz Al Ghul, uh, we now open up to uh, Arrowless team. And we get to sort of like slowly see how the effects of um, the missing Oliver Queen is affecting the rest of the team and, and how they're trying to keep it, everything business as usual, even though uh, Oliver isn't there. Uh, and you kind of get to see the strain that's getting uh, loaded onto the team as they're trying to figure out what's going on and trying to come to terms with the possibility that um, Oliver Queen is dead. Um, <laughs> so uh, we kind of get dealt with that we kind of get to see how each individual person reacts to to this or or well i reacts or comes to terms with that um with that knowledge and it's interspersed with um an actiony uh, flashback scenes um set in hong kong with oliver queen uh, trying to hunt down well not hunt down but try and find uh tetsuo's wife um yeah. And then we're also getting interspersed as well with a little bit about you know what what actually happened to Oliver Queen after being kicked off that cliff. We get to see a wee bit about that as well, and we also get to see even how um, uh, Malcolm Merlin deals with uh, Oliver's disappearance as well, which was uh, quite an intriguing look into sort of like almost like the enemy side. And uh, on top, finally, on top of that, we also it looked like we were going to be introduced to this the latter half sort of. Um, main villain i suppose i wouldn't say i mean obviously malcolm merlin <coughs> and raz al ghul are like the this yeah. overall season villains but um with the introduction of a uh, brick um played by vinnie jones uh, it certainly seems to be setting up for uh for the sort of like you know so yeah for the sort of like constant thorn in all of our team arrow's side while they're trying to deal with like the overall bigger problems um which uh, yeah, it was quite good. Yeah, I mean, I I overall it was a it was a really good episode uh, to start out with. Um, a concern that I had before uh, before this episode aired was how were they going to deal with uh, the lack of Stephen Amell as Oliver Queen? You know, like uh, do they have? We've always gone on about the fact that the supporting cast work really strong, but this was the first time we were really going to see them. You know, without Stephen Amell at the helm, and how and whether or not. They can actually, you know, hold a whole, hold an entire episode to themselves. I mean, we'd already seen Diggle being able to do it in the Suicide Squads episodes, but this time we're now going to get to see how sort of like Roy Harper managed to sort of like take the spotlight along with Felicity as well. Um, and yeah, it showcases supporting cash really well. It just goes to show that 
Arrow is full of acting talent. You know, just it's not just the Stephen Amell show, and uh, it was a probably a great um, uh, a great decision from the the Arrow creators to give their supporting cast um, a wee bit more uh, a bit more room to play with. Uh, in terms of like, sort of for the fans to see the other side of things and stuff like that. So yeah, overall, really, really good. Um, there's a lot of emotional performances in this one as well, which was um, uh, which was brilliant. We get to see um, Felicity. I would almost say like going through like the five stages of grief type thing. You know, you get to see her starting from denial all the way to anger, all the way through to acceptance, and I, I know there's other two um, stages, but yeah. Like she goes through that whole that uh, whole period, a uh, great sort of like um, scenes between her and um, uh, Palmer as well, especially considering you know Palmer uh, wants to go down that route of crime fighting and obviously Felicity dealing with the fact that Oliver Queen's dead and she kind of really really tells him how she feels about his decisions and what's up to, which uh, opened up some really intriguing scenes between the two. Um, and uh, yeah, we get to see sort of like Roy trying to deal with it all as well. We get to see um, Thea and Malcolm. Well, not as much as Thea because once again, Thea's been left out, left in the dark, whereas everybody else knows about it. Um, so yeah, uh, Malcolm Merlin pretty much uh, real, <laughs> realizing that Oliver Queen has uh, failed upon beating Raz Al Ghul is now like, shit, I really need to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's pretty much packing up and buggering off. He's like, fuck this, I'm not waiting around. Uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously to keep things moving, we had the wee side story of um, Brick being introduced, which um, if you read the comments for Green Arrow, you know that Brick is kind of like the, uh, I suppose he would be like the penguin to Batman type idea mm. in terms of like uh, Brick in the comics is seen as Green Arrow's sort of like underworld contact where they don't get on and Brick in the co- in the comics um he controls the poor part of Star City. Uh, however, Green Arrow does sometimes begrudgingly have to ask him for uh, underworld information. And there have been a few times where they've teamed up as well uh, in order to do what they're doing. But yeah, so it was quite cool to see that. And to be honest, Vinnie Jones actually played the character really well. I was quite quite impressed with how he, how he pulled that off. And you got a sense that he's not just a... a a random thug he's actually like he's quite cold calculated and uh, he seems to have an agenda and uh, he seems to be pretty smart in what he's going to do um and yeah it was it was really good to see all that stuff um the negative sides of uh my opinion of the episode um some of the scenes where Malcolm Merlin going down to the arrow cave didn't really fit like I felt they were just sort of shoehorned in uh, I think they could have done them a wee bit better. Um, and uh, my final thing is, obviously, it was great to see um, Laurel don the suit on as Black Canary at the end of this episode. But uh, the I'm there's like a, I'm the justice you can't run from is probably one of the cheesiest lines ever, and has almost ruined a entire year and a half of me slowly appreciating Laurel as a character. And after hearing that word, I was like, oh god damn it, man! <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on the on the episode. What did you think? Um, well, uh, to be honest, I didn't think it was overly strong as an episode. Um, that's just my opinion. But usually the first one back isn't because we're usually left with such a big <gasps> like. Obviously, we had the Flash team up and then Arrow fighting against them um, Razagul. Um, 
coming back into it, I did get a laugh at the start with Diggle dressed up in the Arrow costume. Um, yeah, he's like sli- <laughs> he's like sliding down, he's like firing arrows in the Rob. I'm sure he says something like, "Hey, I, I thought he was supposed to be good." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that 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 action sequence was pretty terrific. Yeah, I enjoyed that opening. I enjoy seeing more of Arsenal. I really like Arsenal as it is. Um, I. I, I Bringing back, uh, we also obviously, I don't know if you mentioned, I don't think you did, that uh, Oliver Queen all of a sudden isn't dead. It lasted a whole episode. Yep. I hoped it would have lasted a bit longer. And the Stephen Amell did come out and say that it won't be Lazarus Pitts, but it wasn't. It turns out we were wrong. Um, I think it's going to be related to it in some way. I do think that that's still going to be a part of it, but they've done it in a more, yeah, this is our way of doing it. Um and obviously, since I'm assuming you've seen the episode, I'm just going to say it was uh, Tatsu's wife, I believe. Was it? Hugo? Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah, who who will end up being Katana at some point Aye. in the. So we've seen that. The one good thing that I did like as well that I was kind of hoping that we would go into this kind of like three months later. You know, like a bit that we did was it season two when Ollie just went on holiday. Um, I was kind of hoping it would get like a three months later with Atom kind of like bumbling along with his suit on and uh, Arsenal. Um, but then again, I suppose there's talk just now of um, Brandon Ruth getting his own series uh, as a spin-off as Atom. And they would probably rather tell the whole origin story kind of in that. Um, but it looks like he's getting there. You've seen him building it and he was kind of chastising Felicity for spending all of her time with Ollie uh, or, or spending most of her life or putting everything on the line for Ollie. Um, I think it was a glove that he tested out on those training dummies, and it wasn't yeah, quite Yeah, it working. was, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm liking the evolution of this character. Brandon Ruth is strong enough to lead his own TV show, I believe. And uh, it looks like if it continues this way and he's going to get it, then we're going to see Felicity, like, kind of opening up that show as well, like she did with Flash, you know? She could be the link to this one. The yeah, superhero- hopefully, yeah. I'd be interested, but I, I really do hope that we get to see some sort of atom action with yeah. an arrow, you know? Like... I mean, like, fair dues, they, they did that with Flash because they were pretty much dead set mm. on going, right, Flash is getting his own TV show. This is how we're doing it. I think I would prefer it if they kind of, even if, like, you know, halfway through season four of Arrow, they decide, mm. right, let's go on with this TV show for Atom. At least it would give everybody a good sort of, like, you know, a good handful of episodes to kind of, like, see how Atom's working and stuff like you know, so. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I've downloaded a load of the... Uh, comics on the uh, comic app um, and uh, I'm going to read through them but I didn't realise that Ray Palmer actually hasn't had a proper series since like this this er, years ago, like it's been years they had the all new Atom in 2006 which wasn't Ray Palmer but I'm kind of hoping that they're going to kind of make another comic to test the waters further so we can see a new 52 Ray Palmer because apparently he's in it but he's in Dr. Frankenstein's lab in Agents of Shade so um, interesting yeah it would be good to see him in it again. But yes, again, seeing Ray Palmer and anything, Brandon Ruth has proved that he has got the chops to act. Um, I liked Arsenal trying to step up. I don't like this whole Merlin just walking in and out the back the Arrow Cave. <laughs> I think that's a wee bit ridiculous. Um, but you could tell he was like nervous. He was like, yeah, guys, are you going to help me? Because I need to kind of leave now because I'm still going to die that Ollie didn't succeed. Um, <laughs> uh, but apart from that, yeah, Brick was okay. Um, now what I've read up on him, He's meant to be metahuman, so I don't know if they'll bring that into it, because obviously there might still be some of the Mirakuru floating about, and he chances upon, like, a shipment, and... Because I think, has he not got, like, solid skin, like a bit like uh, Luke Cage from Marvel? Uh, yeah, a, a little bit, but, I mean, it's more, like, 
he was just like super strong and, and like bullet. Mm. He was impervious to bullets in the comic books because of like his crazy brick like skin, mm. um, like sort of more stony looking skin type thing. But I don't know. I mean, like I like what they're doing so far with this idea of um of brick. You know, like he must have been shot so many times that he just doesn't care about bullets anymore, rather than giving him like a physical yeah. sort of like thing. Or another idea that I had, which um. Is that uh, you know how every uh, so far we've seen Brick? Um, he throws out his own gun and he says to people, mm. "Right, if you can <laughs> shoot me, then uh, you get out of here alive." Right? <laughs> I've got a, a feeling that this is how he's managed to get this reputation of being almost like impervious to bullets in the Arrowverse. Is I reckon that see his own gun? I bet yeah. his own gun is filled with blanks. So uh-huh. that that's why that like, if you think about it, Diggle like tried to shoot him in the head and it just sort of like grazed the side. So like I reckon it's like that's how he's managed <laughs> to build up this persona of being impervious to bullets is because every time somebody's tried to shoot him, they've all they've always used his gun because of that that kind of yeah. kind of like game that he plays with them. Uh, so yeah, I mean like I mean ah, it'd be interesting to see whether or not they do bring in some more sort of meta human thing. But I think for Brick himself, I think this mm-hmm. whole sort of like persona he's built up would be quite an interesting thing to look at it so that you see this guy using his wits more than uh more than brute strength you know a bit yeah. a kind of a, almost like a sort of di- uh, non-crazy slade you know that would be quite yeah. I, I reckon brick could be built up to something like that you know like like you know obviously slade wilson had a personal agenda against arrow whereas like Brick, rather than having a personal agenda against Arrow, right now he just wants to control the Glades. So, you know, it'd be quite cool just to see that thing like a bit more of a sort of meticulous, vicious character kicking about. Yeah, you know, it's just, looks like a thug, yeah. but is actually quite calculated. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, rather, and it, it'd be, and again, it fits in with the sort of the real, the real, the sort of dark, gritty realism side of things of Arrow by you know at least having one you know like crime character who can who can also sort of like um uh, uh, sort of like rub shoulder to shoulder with meta humans like the arrow can do but he's just like the evil version would be quite cool mm. you know so yeah but either way though i i just thought that the brick character was um was a really really good uh, uh a very straightforward and successful adaptation of the comic character uh, of the comic book version of the character you know being you know, uh, you know, his commanding villain because of his intellect and his cunning and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed the thing. What? Uh, so obviously, yeah. you only really know a wee bit about Brick uh, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, if you didn't know anything about the comic book characters, what what would you have thought of any Jones's character? I, like, I'm gonna have to see another episode with him, and that's just my pre-judgmental nature towards anything Vinnie Jones is in. Um, his best <laughs> movie was Gone in sixty seconds, where he didn't speak. Um. So have you I ever don't... heard? Have, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the TV show called The Cape? Um, no. The Cape is probably one of the greatest superhero uh, TV shows that's ever existed. Um, <laughs> and uh, I know this is going to. It is. It makes it. Vinnie Jones is in that, right? And he plays this hard man thug called Scales, and he has like <laughs> lizard scales down his neck, right? Yeah. And uh, in this TV show, The Cape, it follows about. It follows this guy who's left for dead and decides to become the superhero from the comic books his son always reads. And he ends up, um, he ends up joining a sort of like a, a circus of thieves who teach him how to, how to use this cape, which is basically like sort of extends and you can like grab things with the cape and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it ran for like eight episodes, but Vinnie Jones has already been in well, these was, kind of like, it was um, juggernaut. It was juggernaut and X-Men. Yeah. 
<laughs> we tend to forget about that one, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the juggernaut, bitch. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> Stop, Jones. Um, no, but like, in all honesty, he didn't really do anything wrong. Um, but I know you're saying that they're, you're thinking they're going to keep the meta-human things out. Maybe they'd need to for a brick, but I would like, I know that I got that this season had to feel different from the first two, but I would like the meta-humans brought back slightly so that Ollie isn't just fighting street thugs, even though that's what he does. Like, even minor ones like Cyrus Gold appearing back as a sort of mutated, like Solomon Grundy, obviously. Um, just a small bits and pieces, you know, wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether or not they do delve into a bit more on the meta-human side, say, like after maybe Oliver Queen's return. Um, obviously, there's rumours going around that Slade Wilson is to appear, not in a flashback, but in an actual present day in, uh, uh, in Season 3 of Arrow. So... You know, like maybe something might happen where if you know if Slade Wilson's if Slade Wilson escapes from this island and comes back, maybe he manages to concoct the Mirakuru with the help of I don't know, like Vertigo, in order to get it done, and then we could see another resurgence of these metahumans kicking about. You know, which could be quite an interesting way to look at it. But yeah, see what you mean, especially considering how much like Flash goes into metahumans. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that bleeds over into Arrow a little bit, a little more towards the tail end of season three and into season four. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, overall, it was a good episode. So yeah, I, I I think we've got a good start. I've seen worse starts to um, seasons before. Um, and yeah, I'm quite happy with it. But before we move on to the Flash episode, I'm going to talk a wee bit about a little game that I picked up that uh, we're going to cover a bit more next week, Ross. Um, uh-huh. Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. Now, this has been out for a while, but the Arrow DLC is just released and it was only £2.50. Um, I'm not the biggest Lego game fan, but this one is pretty awesome. You can go to the like the Lantern Worlds and other places, and I got a tumbler, like a Lego tumbler free with it. Um, I haven't built it, but um, it's quite cool that I got that edition with it. Um, and on the island, like you get to go as Arrow. You, I think Diggle's even there. And for the price of it, if you've got the Lego thing, I'm not going to go too much into it. If you've got it. Lego Batman 3, you need to buy this Arrow DLC because we're going to be talking about it next week, myself and Andy, a bit more. Um, but it's, it's pretty fun so far. The Lego games usually are. Cool. Sorry? I might, I might pick this up next week as well. Um, yeah. It seems quite an interesting. I've heard quite a lot of good reviews about this Beyond Gotham game, and especially considering it has the Arrow DLC in it, um, which I've seen a playthrough of, and uh, <laughs> it's... Um, it, it's it's quite it's quite comical. Some of the the kind of it's obviously Stephen Amell voices um, Green yeah. Arrow in this, and uh, he is really well done in terms of like he might he takes the mick out of quite a lot of things that he like in a sort of Lego comedy way he takes uh, takes the mick out of the TV show in quite a cool way and quite an interesting way. And uh, yeah, it seems like it could it's a a good addition to the Beyond Gotham game itself. So yeah, yeah. I mean I mean uh, this game obviously like um. I got it out of one of my local stores, uh, and it was twenty nine ninety nine brand new, and it came with the Lego Tumblr. Now, I mean, when this first came out, it was like fifty quid a couple of months ago, so can't really argue with that. Um, so I'm going to be building the Lego Tumblr. I think it'll be my first Lego thing that I've built since I've been young. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it looks pretty fun. I know you love your Lego, but I mean, like, I haven't got too into it. But the fact that you can go to all the Lantern worlds, I'm really interested about that um and it seems like different from the first two lego games where it was just obviously gotham hence the name beyond gotham 
Um, mm. And yeah, just getting to play Green Arrow. It, this one also came with the... It says Batman of the Future, but it's Batman Beyond DLC. So there's some extra stuff. I think there's a Man of Steel one as well, where you get to play as um, Zor-El, Kal-El's dad. And it's in the last days of Krypton, so they've done quite well for this. All, all I'd like to do now, Ross, is get rock steady, making a game with Stephen Ammo, and that, that I'd be happy with that. I'd never need another game again, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a sort of like um, Arkham Arkham City yeah. style thing, but set in Starland City, and uh, exactly. using using Tomb Raider's bow and arrow <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> yep. That would be perfect. So, yeah, pick up Lego Batman 3, and if you're interested in Arrow DLC, tune in next week, myself and Andy. And obviously, if Ross has got it by then, Ross can jump in too. Um, but before we move on to Flash, I've got one last thing. We said we weren't going to touch on it, but I finally caught up with Gotham, Ross. I've watched every one of them. Oh, did you finally, I? <laughs> um, I'd seen, like, the first five, six... And believe it or not, like, I'm starting to come round to it a bit more. Not fully. It's it, For every, like, gritty, serious part of the show, it does something ridiculous. Um, like, <laughs> you're enjoying this. Somebody's thumb's been cut off and put in the rear or something. And then you've got Edward Nigma, whose name gets said at least seven times an episode, holding up a mug with a question mark on it. It's like, <laughs> come on. However, so if, if you are tempted to watch this show, which features such highlights as The Balloon Man... Yep, um, and uh, the goat. Um, those were personal highlights of mine. Then watch it for the penguins, uh, like to come to power. Because I mean, penguin from the start was the standout of this show, and he's just getting better and better. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's still not the show to take over for me. Is my favorite arrow. Nothing's going to be arrow. Flash is close, but Gotham. It's different. Like, give it its time, and it stops being as cheesy, I feel. I don't know if you thought the same, but it still throws throws you, like, a curveball every now and then, like, just as you think it's getting too serious. Yeah, it's just, Gotham is just a show where, you know, you just have to, it's one of those ones where you just switch off your brain and just uh, laugh at it. That's the best way I can describe at it, you know? Like, yeah, it's, there are some strong points to it, specifically, like, this of gang warfare that's happening in Gotham at the point, you know, between uh, Maroney, Falcone and uh, Penguin and yeah. Fishmoney. Um, however, obviously the sort of more theatrical Batman-esque side of things like Nigma and all that are very sort of campy, <laughs> not campy, I think very just ridiculous. And a great way that I always try and explain to people when they're about to watch Gotham, go and think of this as a prequel to Tim Burton's Batman. Like, or like that sort of series of Batman films, because that's essentially how it's sort of. That's yeah. That's I kind of feel like that's the world. And like once Gotham finishes his run, I would be happy to watch all of Gotham. Then I would fall into Tim Burton's Batman. It would feel like oh, we're in the same world. You know, that's kind of that's kind of what I think of this this Gotham show. You know, and yeah, it's just so ridiculous and so insane that. Uh, there, you just gotta laugh. <laughs> yeah, the the one thing that keeps bringing me back down is the fact that Batman, by the way, he's going is probably going to suit up by the time he's fifteen. You know, he's like doing all this training already, and it's like, come on, you did none of that until you were eighteen and had money. <laughs> it's just Pretty like, much, yeah. <laughs> but but apart from that, like you said, it is watchable. Like ignoring the Nolan trilogy, which has its faults as well, uh, is probably it's trying to fit in with any iteration of Batman. I feel, but it's more in line with Tim Burton and Batman Forever, and possibly even Batman and Robin. It could go that ridiculous, you know. 
Yeah, could do. <laughs> yeah. The, the Batman credit card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was carrying mine with me. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so anyway, Gotham not as bad and other DC show. Constantine, unfortunately, is looking like we're not going to get a season two unless some other network or video on demand service picks it up. It's going from strength to strength every episode as well, but we may only have three episodes left, so... I don't know what I can do to help. I'm always watching the episodes on Amazon Video rather than any other means to keep it up. But, I mean, Matt Ryan is superb. His supporting cast is great. The story's going well for a first season. But I think it was the network that chose it should have been the one that optioned uh, the likes of Flash or Arrow rather than this. This is more one that would have done better on the CW um, rather yeah. than a bigger network that's expecting bigger figures after talking in depth with it to Ross. Um, yeah, which that's, is a shame. That's, that's essentially that's essentially like why uh, NBC uh, are not considering like renewing it. It's just pure or like extending its run. It's purely because their flagship show for that demographic at this moment is Grimm, which yeah. brings in an average of about four million plus uh, live audience members. So they were hoping that Constantine would do the same. Would do four million plus live audience members, uh, live audience viewers as well, so they could sit back and go, "Hey, that's has got two flagship shows for that demographic, and we're pretty much sorted." Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, Constantine isn't doing it, and they say it's because the super the character isn't as well known to the non comic book people uh, as they were as they expected. Um, <laughs> it just isn't been even though it's good writing, it's done very well. They just say well unfortunately it's just not pulling in the audience so hopefully someone might pick her up you never know but and another thing they say is that the market's getting too saturated now with all these superhero shows which if you look at it from a non sort of like comic Comic book fan you can kind of you do understand where they're coming from you know i mean this time next year there's a good chance there'll be like seven or eight tv shows that will be (laughs) based on superheroes or comic books well we could have we could have like the titans atom we're gonna have daredevil the luke cage show and that's just four you know that's four on top of what we've got so you know they're probably looking at it going maybe they sort of maybe if they brought in constantine last year or the year before when arrow just started yeah, we could be sitting here watching season three of Constantine just now uh, if they manage to get in there early. And, and they say that maybe they've just come too late in the game. Whereas, you know, CW's already established themselves as pretty much the comic book network for yeah. shows. So they can pr- they have a bit more freedom to just like fire, like begin thinking about like at and spinoff shows or the animated spinoff of. Oh, yes. Uh, the the superhero called Vixen, which looks like that could be bringing in uh, the magic element of the comic books into the Arrowverse. It's an animated six-part show that they're going to be creating, and they see animation as a good way to test out sort of like crazy out there uh, sort of like theories like magic to see if that sits in well in the Arrowverse. So, and then there's also System Shock as well that he's coming in, and I don't know who's doing that one, but that's an online I think TV show as well. Yeah. So yeah. It was like a, oh, sorry, not System Shock, Static Shock. I'm thinking of the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah, so if you think about it, I mean, like, as I said, like, you could easily, uh, like, sort of, like, tick off at least 10 superhero comic book shows that we could be watching this time next yeah. year. And unfortunately for Constantine, it could be too little too late. But as you said, I really hope that somebody tries to pick it up or at least finishes it, <laughs> you know, because I'm pretty sure the writers would have had a sort of, a 20 plus episode plan for uh, their first season and having it rushed to finish in 13 episodes, which I think was 
commissioned first, would be a bit of a shame to sort of see it, you know, being rushed in. So hopefully it might get picked up by another network or video on demand, as you said. But um, here's hoping. So, Here's open, see. but like like you said with the magic stuff, CW making an offer, if they could get a hold of Constantine and introduce that and with Vixen, then that could be a good start. But um, we've also got Supergirl as well, and um, the one and only Krypton that seems to be oh, God. the most sci-fi. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi is just like you know that the cousin that's got like um, half a brain and he's coming in at the end, kind of like yeah, we'll do this yeah. one. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly that's essentially what it is in the network. It's like, god damn it, sci-fi, just just stick with doing your crazy monster films. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, we want to do Superman's grandpa. <laughs> I don't kind of, like, do think comic books even covered his grandpa. They barely even touched on his dad, you know, never mind his grandpa. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, um, a lot of good stuff to look forward to, and hopefully Constantine as well at some point. But let's move on to um. The Flash episode titled Revenge of the Rogues, a.k.a. Prison Break Reunion, Ross. Yes. Um, yeah, again, another sort of strong um, start to the second half of Flash. Considering, obviously, Flash is in its first season, it's pretty much been um, punching, a, um, excelling in every area, you know? Like, uh, okay, it does have some teething problems for being a first season, but not as many as people would have expected and uh, again, it, uh, this episode just goes to show that um, the creators behind the Flash TV show have learned from uh, their time in Arrow and have managed to create uh, create a, a, an action packed uh, an action packed uh, uh, and overall well rounded episode uh, in this one, which is called Revenge of the Rogues. And um, we pretty much uh, start off with seeing. Obviously, Barry Allen trying to um, improve his speed and his reflexes in order to take on um, Reverse Flash, who he encountered in the mid-season finale. Um, on top of that, he's kind of conflicted in, um, you know, uh, uh, building upon his speed and still trying to help out uh, Central City. And uh, in this episode, we see the return of Captain Cold, and he now has a heat wave um, in tow. And uh, we start to kind of, we get to kind of see a wee bit more, uh, a wee bit more about Captain Cold, who ends up becoming Flash's like one of his greatest villains of all time. You know, I mean, fair dues, Reverse Flash is kicking about and 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 has a heavy impact on Barry Allen uh, in the comic books, but it really is, it's really is Captain Cold is like the main guy because he's the one that that creates the Rogues Gallery, creates the team of villains that are that are hell bent on destroying the Flash. So we kind of get we kind of get to see the foundations being laid in that, and we get to see a wee bit more about Captain Cold and about his motives, about why he's doing these things and and what's going on. And and uh, yeah, it was it, again just I I would reckon that this was a better episode than Arrow's beginning yeah. one. You know, it, it was just it had everything you really wanted to. Possibly they might have gone a wee bit over the top with them. Um, uh, with Captain Cold and Heatwave, some of their sort of interactions and the way that they were sort of like talking and speaking was a bit OTT. Um, Captain Cold did come across as maybe just a little too close to like Dark Knight Joker style, like with the way that he sort of like, like the way he spoke, that sort of like intentionally slow and sort of powerful way kind of quite similar to how joker was in dark knight and also with the way they kidnapped um uh 
uh, I can't remember her name now, but uh, uh, kidnapped one of Barry's colleagues uh, at Star Labs um, and obviously like hijacked the television stations in order to try and call the Flash out and let Central City know who the Flash is, you know, like these kind of things, you know, kind of, it, kind of we made, it was heavily influenced. You can tell it's heavily influenced by uh, the Dark Knight, the film. Uh, but though, but on top of that though, though the the two guys obviously um, they've worked together on Prison Break beforehand. Um, it was great. You could totally tell that they already had like a, a, a you know a, a, an existing chemistry between the two of them, and uh, which really enhanced this sort of like uh, a sort of like relationship between Heatwave and Captain Cold. And you kind of get to see Captain Cold being this meticulous planner who's um, who's obviously you know seen as as the leader of this of what we assume by the end of the season will be the rogues that he'll be um, forming. And uh, obviously we get to see Heat, Heat Wave as well being a sort of like short fuse. And again, like Hot and Cold, they kind of, they, they, they complemented each other in their strengths and weaknesses as well. Um, so yeah, we basically like go through the entire episode and we see uh, Captain Cold trying to, trying to basically, you know, um, take on the Flash one-on-one. Uh, various sort of like um, he he kind of like steals various sort of paintings and um, breaks into like you know crazy expensive car garages in order to attract the Flash. Um, however, he doesn't manage to do that because of Carrick, uh, Barry Allen's um, uh, it, it sort of like conflicted reasonings of trying to sort of like you know work on his speed and rather than helping out. But it was only until um, uh, his colleague from Star Labs is kidnapped that uh, Barry Allen is finally forced into facing Captain Cold. Um, and yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, it was really good. And we got to see and uh, we got to see a bit of rivalry as well between uh, Joe and Wells as well. You know, obviously, uh, Joe wants Barry Allen to, um, to help the city and to save the city, um, whereas Wells obviously just wants Barry kept, kept away from everyone and just focus on... Uh, you know, building up the speed, which obviously could play into uh, Harrison Wells's um, ulterior motives later on down the line, whether or not uh, he needs to unlock Barry Allen's full potential in order for him to maybe gain his natural speed energy again. You know, as we said in the pre in the previous episodes that we've been, you know, is um is a suit charged by that um uh, by that gadget that they picked up in the mid-season finale or whatever, you know, is maybe Harrison Wells is stuck in that time. Uh, Reverse Flash is stuck in that time period and uh, Barry Allen, he's needing to use Barry Allen to sort of like tap into the speed force a wee bit more in order for him to siphon off some of that energy and uh, come back to the thing. Is I mean, that's me just spouting out theories. But anyway, I, the whole point <laughs> of it is that there's a rivalry with Wells trying to like keep Barry Allen away from fighting crime, whereas Joe wants him to go out and, and fight crime. So it's quite cool. And um, and yeah, the uh, sort of showdown at the end of the episode was done quite well, where we kind of get to see Captain Cold and the Heat Wave take on Flash, and we kind of get to see, you know, like Flash still being inexperienced and still managing to um, to sort of like you know think up or think on his feet for a good plan. Um, there is one thing that did really peeve me off, as well as the sort of over the top acting. Um, from Captain Cold and Heatwave was uh, the fact that Central City Police seem to be quite useless so far in this episode. <laughs> uh, and also, um, now, Captain Cold's weapon uh, hits out at temperatures of absolute zero, right? Which is fine. But it was mentioned that Heatwave's um, heat gun uh, hit, like, I think it was like, 
uh, Talonic or Tlonic it was called, like which is like the hottest anything can go. Now that's theoretical, right? Because see if the hottest thing any if the hottest thing could go anywhere, it could literally vaporize the earth. It would be that hot. So I think they kind of went a wee bit OTT with trying to sort of explain as to how hot heat waves gun could go. They could have just said it's as hot as the sun, and everyone would be yeah. like, "That's cool." Whereas what they said was actually hotter than the sun, which could <laughs> essentially vaporize a planet. So it's kind of like, right, okay, you're going a wee bit too far. But again, that's just something that you'd only pick up if you kind of kind of knew a wee bit about science and physics and stuff. Um, but no, overall, it was it was really good, and I, I kind of like, I kind of, I'm digging Captain Cold in this uh, this uh, adaptation of Captain Cold as well, and and we also which we'll discuss after uh, your views and the thing. We also get to sort of, we're hinted at uh, Captain Cold's sister, who who could possibly be the third member of the rogues to join them. So uh, it's set up for quite a lot of potential and a lot of intriguing storylines that could be weaved in and out of Flash uh, 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 on this side of the, the series. And it was brilliant to see that, you know, they're not having to rely on the reverse Flash story arc and they're they're confident to build up all these other characters and these other things as well, which is quite good. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, this half of the season from Flash. So yeah, it was really, really good. Really great. Uh, what did you think, Ali? <clears throat> I really liked it. Um, I love uh, Wentworth Miller. Uh, he's really good as Captain Cold. I'm glad he's back. Um, his brother, however, cannot remember Dominic Purcell. I think his name is. He played Dracula in the Blade Three movie as well. Um, so he's already been comic books uh, movies. He also was uh, Michael Schofield's brother, Lincoln, in Prison Break. And when they were sitting in the prison garb in the back of the van, I was like, man, they can't think of a new start to a Prison Break series, can they? They're always going back to prison. Um, <laughs> But yeah, apart from that, I really liked it. I didn't pick up on the heat thing. I, I just brushed over it. But yeah, I can see how that would um, vex you a bit if you knew. The one thing that made me interested in is because it was like uh, the, about the rogues. Um, I would like them to bring them all together. If, if I'm not right, Killer Frost get cast for this season. Uh, um, well, Killer Killer Frost is um, uh, two sex. I, uh, I I can't remember her name. Um, oh, uh She's already in the, the is it Caitlin the TV show? Yeah, Kate, uh, Caitlin Frost is uh, Caitlin is Killer Frost. That's right. that's what <clears throat> that yeah the person who was kidnapped because I couldn't remember their name. That's why I kept yeah. Uh, so Caitlin yeah. Snow is Killer Frost. Right. Um, okay. That that in, in the comic books that's who Caitlin Snow and is and also Cisco Ramon becomes Vibe. Vibe. So you know it'd be quite intriguing to see how they move from being close friends of Barry Allen's to you know possibly being a hero and a villain. So. Yeah, so um, we, I would like to see them, like the Rogues Gallery coming together, you know, like Mirror Master as well, who was in the original Flash TV series, because um, mm-hmm. Mirror Master, Captain Cold, uh, Heat Wave, um, we've, we've had Boomerang and Arrow, I would like to see him make the jump over, because I like that character, um, um, oh he did make the jump over, I apologise. He did make the jump yeah, over. Yeah, he made the jump over. And uh-huh. as we said earlier on the show, with Slade Wilson appearing in the present rather than in a flashback, there's a good chance that both Boomerang and Slade Wilson have managed to escape the island. And uh, that could be a good setup for the return of Boomerang into the Flash show by joint teaming up with the already established rogues, which could at this point be Heatwave, Captain Cold, and uh, uh, Captain Cold's sister. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see if that, if that comes about. See, I really, I really do like um, Dominic Purcell, uh, who's obviously playing Heatwave in this. 
I don't like his accent that he's doing. I, I don't even know if he knows what type of accent he's trying to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it yeah. kind, kind of fluctuated. It's like, was he Australian there? Hold on a minute. He's not. He's sounding like he's from Sweden. Is he Russian? I don't know where he was, what accent that was supposed to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It was just like, he was like jumping in and out of everything. And that's yeah. kind of, it probably aided that. That's probably like aided towards his over over the topness that they seem to have and like the the uh, the scene that really stands out for me when his accent just went haywire was when he was speaking to caitlin when she was tied up and he was talking about fire and stuff yes. like that and it was a bit like the hell's going on like who are you where, where are you supposed to be from like, you just like a neutral <laughs> accent <laughs> yeah he's from a neutral country that shows no allegiance i don't know but yeah i know the bit you mean he's like shall we see what you're like in the inside it's like what you were indian a minute ago now you're russian it's like come on man um but yeah we're also seeing caitlin a wee bit in this uh trying to investigating into firestorm and she discovered that it was actually his initials it was an acronym it stood for Cannot remember. Um, if I'm not even going to attempt it. But, uh, <laughs> put it this way. Put it this way. Even 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 agents of Shield would have had trouble coming up with an acronym, <laughs> an acronym like that. It was that bloody long. <laughs> <laughs> it went on for ages. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping Firestorm comes back into it a bit more. I don't think that character particularly is strong enough to have its um, own show. I don't think so. I could be wrong. It could do guest appearances on every show, but. Uh, I don't know. We'll need to see more of him. I'm glad they've not kind of forced him into the forefront, but I'm more intrigued in him than um, a lot of other things just now. Like, I want him to take a sidestep from Reverse Flash, although that seems to be as if it's going to plague Barry Allen forever, which makes sense because it did in the comics, but Mm -hmm. I I would like to see a bit more. Um, There is an episode called Nuclear Man coming up. Uh, The Nuclear Man, I'm sure it is. I could have read that wrong. It was yesterday I was reading it. I'm I'm kind of as you said like I'm I'm preferring them taking their time with Firestorm because it's such a complex character for the general audience to probably wrap their head around. I mean you're talking about two different people <laughs> sharing the same body, so they're probably going to have to take their time to make sure that they know that the audience like sort of has a good understanding as to who this person is and why they are who they are. And uh, hopefully from there on we can, you know, they can move it on. And again, because it's Firestorm and it is such a sort of like crazy um, backstory, that that's probably why we've not heard much about whether or not, you know, they're immediately like saying about Atom spinning off and stuff like that. That's why we might not have heard too much about Firestorms because they're probably just tentatively mm. putting their feelers out and seeing what's what. And hopefully if he is well received, then they might push it on. But you're right, though. I'm not really too fussed about seeing yeah seeing firestorm and like a sort of like solo thing but uh what they're doing so well is really really good you know like at least they're trying to to establish some form of scientific basis behind how firestorm become became yeah to be who i was. like that yeah um i've got the acronym here ross it was fusion ignition research experiment and science of transmutation originating rna and molecular structures <laughs> what? <God's sake>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's bring it on shield you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've trumped you in that department <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah so um yeah like you said like firestorm he's a cool character he's not one of my overall favorites but i mean robbie Amell was cool in the tomorrow people and i'm kind of glad that he's in this show i just having him show up now and then is a kind of cool thing um 
like uh, I'm right, the nuclear man is episode 13. Um, so I'm guessing we're going to see a bit more of him in three weeks' time, because this week's Sound and Fury. Um, however, there is an interesting episode. Uh, episode 18 has been titled All-Star Team-Up, Ross. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> that could be another... Um, crossover. That, yeah, it could be a good, another crossover, yeah. Um, 16th episode's called Rogue Time, so I'm guessing that's going to be um, Captain Cold and Heatwave. And uh, even though they get their weapons taken off of them... See the way that uh, Snart had uh, Heatwave, I can't remember Heatwave's name, it's Mick something, uh, had had him like learn the gun inside and out so that he could take it apart and he knew all of it. Something says yeah. that now that he's built his own, and just because they've took those doesn't mean that he's got no weapons. Yeah, that that was really interesting because seeing the comic books with Captain Cold, that's his... Um... That's one of his, uh, he's a highly intelligent villain in the sense that he knows the ins and outs of his cold gun. Um, mm. And in the comic books, uh, especially during the uh, Forever Evil storyline, he uh, manages to build his cold gun out of like random parts from a hardware store, you uh-huh. know. So awesome. it's really good. And also it shows that, you know, like although uh, Cisco Ramon has managed to recover his cold gun and have taken away this heat gun. It's yeah. obviously going to. Sh- it's obviously apparent that uh, they're just going to go away and create their own ones now that they've managed to learn in- inside and out. Which again is a good. Um, it's going to be. It's something that they don't know about. So you know, it'll be interesting to see the return of Captain Cold. They'll sit like I could even see it already. Flash being a cocky bugger is like, oh yeah, what are you going to do now without your cold gun? And then all of a sudden, Captain Cold just whips out another one. He's like, boom, motherfucker! And they're <laughs> like, what? And then you know, yeah. it just adds in a wee bit more of like what's going on and stuff, you know. And it even like piles on even more guilt onto Cisco Ramon, going realizing like you know his actions have just caused like so much more like hassle than he could even imagine. So yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, it, that was very intriguing. It was very good. It was a nice wee nod to um to his uh, uh, to Captain Cold sort of like comic book sort of character yeah. as well. Stuff like which is quite good. So, yeah, yeah, I, I did yeah, enjoy that. That's the first thing I went. I was like, oh, he knows, and he's been teaching the uh, Heatwave to build his too. So uh, he's just such a good villain. He's probably one of my favourite villains out of both Arrow and Flash, and he's only been in two episodes now, three episodes. Yeah, it's really good. And and what's was even better? Like what I'm loving about loving and Slash, like think think it's hilarious about the Flash, right? Is the fact that it seems to be the only television show, right, that mm-hmm. every single villain is likable. Like there yeah. is yet to be a villain where I've decided, oh, he's a bad guy. I mean, Harrison <laughs> Wells, he's pretty badass, right? Mm. Uh, Eddie Thorne, well, okay, like we think he's a villain because, or a descendant of a villain because he shares the same uh, surname as Eobard Thorne. But even then, right, Eddie Thorne, who who could possibly become a villain at some point, right? Even he's really like, well, he saves the Flash in this episode, it right? Is, yes. And then you've and that, and then you've got like Captain Cold, who's like pretty bitching. And you're like, hell yeah! So like, I'm actually kind of like liking their villains more than I do their heroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, there was one if you remember back to the early episodes, uh, the Weather Wizard was kind of a, a douche. Yeah, and but even then though, it, it's been rumored that uh, the character's brother is going to appear and continue on as like the Weather Wizard. So no doubt, like that was like the the, the sort of like the douchebag brother, and we're going to get like this nice, He's a awesome, nice guy. like other brother. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. So, though, yeah, cause... That, but if it, 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 it's just quite it's sort of like I, I I had an interesting sort of like musing when I was like watching the episode. I was kind of like, wait, hang on a minute, I'm actually like prefer these villains rather than the heroes what's going on <laughs> yeah I, I do get you like um i i know what they're doing with the whole cisco name and all the villains but it's starting to wear thin now you know every single yeah. one of them. 
it's like we get the point so now instead of going oh come on every time he says it just come up with the code names for them and just do that you know it's now halfway over halfway through this season and we're still getting it every episode um I did. I did like the pop culture reference to Ghostbusters, which is quite yeah. cool about how how cross bizarre of like yeah, across the streams. I did. I did particularly like that kind of the referencing of Ghostbusters. But you are right though. It is kind of like it's kind of like you know like I don't mind Cisco Ramon coming up with the code names, which obviously reflect the comic book character names uh, in the show, right? Which is totally fine. But it's the it's the the, the constant disdain and moaning he gets from the team. It's kind of like right, you know, surely by now you've known Cisco Ramon so well that you just have to accept that that's what yeah. he's doing rather than like moaning about it all the time, you know? But you did see some marked improvement in the sense that, you know, even Harrison Wells said, oh, yes, I do know that I used your code name. So maybe this is the beginning of them slowly just accepting it. Or there could even be an episode they decide to write in where he doesn't come up with a code name and, uh, and everyone's like going, why are you not coming up with a code name yeah. for that, Cisco? That's you know, nice. like, you know, like, It'd be interesting to see how they move that. But yeah, you are right, though. They do need to either just, you know, stop complaining about it and just accept it, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, but all in all, I do get... They're probably making the villains the most likable villains since, like, bloody Darth Vader near enough. Like, you're actually yeah. rooting for the villains because they're that likable. <laughs> yeah, it's totally badass. But yeah, it's good, though. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I Overall, though, for me, Ed, personally, I thought the Flash was... Um, the stronger of the two shows returning yeah, okay. episodes and um i just um, i'm just really looking forward again the flash opened up to itself with potential storylines as well considering the formation of the rogues you know yeah. trying to figure out who the sister could be uh, which we'll probably talk about in a wee bit in a couple of mm-hmm. minutes and uh, yeah you know it, overall it's quite it's yeah, it's going to be quite good, quite intriguing to see what happens this year. So yeah, good. See, now, before we move on to this brief touch on uh, the sister, which could completely change uh, depending on how the show plays her. Um, uh, somebody asked me the other day, like, what do you like better, Flash or Arrow? And I said, to me, they're both the same show. They're because they're the same universe. It's not as if like I like this show better. It's they're different and they're set in the same universe. Um, they've both got their strong points and they've both got their weak points. So I, I consider yeah. it as one. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally understand where you're coming from, yeah, and it's it's difficult to try and pick, but I, I wouldn't even be able to, like, choose one, as you said, it's kind of like, the, the way I kind of look at it, it's like just watching a two-parter TV show, you know, like yeah. one on one day and one on the other day, that's the, that's the best way I, well, that's the way I approach uh, the yeah, two it's shows. Like, just, it's like, get, it's get like, your monthly yeah. comics, you're going to read them all, you know, because the story can be, yeah. Uh, anyway, get too excited there. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll take a breather, <sighs> and then uh, Ross is going to tell us a wee bit about this mysterious sister of um, I keep going to say Lemony Snicket, but he, what is his name's Snart, isn't it? Leonard. Yeah, Snart. Yeah, yeah, Snart. Yeah, Leonard Snart is his yeah. name. Yeah. So yes, um, yeah. Uh, towards the end, uh, right at the end of uh, the Flash episodes, we. Um, uh, we see, obviously, Captain Cold and Heatwave being taken away to the prison, and uh, Heatwave starts complaining about the fact that they're going back there, and, and he should never have trust Captain Cold. Then all of a sudden, they're um, uh, they're stopped and uh, rescued by uh, what seems to be Leonard Snart's sister. Uh, how we know it's the sisters, because I think he just genuinely does just turn around, says off-camera, hello, sister, and uh, that's how it's left. There's a couple of clues in there about what this person could be and how she could be adapted from the comic books. Um, before 
they're rescued, you do hear like some sort of like spikes getting like a uh, um, sort of hammered into the back door of the prison van when it breaks out. So, um, for those who don't know much about the comic book things, like Lisa Snart is her name, is the sister's name, and um, essentially uh, one sort of iteration of her in the comic books was the fact that she um, uh, <laughs> she was a figure skater. And when she finds out that, um, uh, I think it was uh, when she finds out that her uh, that her brother is in is sort of like trying to take down um, Barry Allen, and then she finds out that her figure skating teacher uh, uh, also dies when he's trying to like kill the Flash. She decides to like sort of swear like like you know get revenge on Barry Allen, <laughs> and uh, she basically acquires like a, a like if, if my memory's serves me right she acquires like crazy awesome ice skates that like have like uh, <laughs> uh, crazy sharp implements and stuff and she basically just um she's like sort of like uh, gadgets herself up in order to take down the flash with like sort of like crazy things that was like one iteration uh, one iteration of her um but yeah basically uh yeah she kind of like and then i'm pretty sure she dies at some point as well uh, which then sort of gives leonard snart more of a reason to hunt down and chase chase after the flash um this is obviously pre-new 52 so there wasn't too much about it but now in the new 52 uh, she's called the golden glider uh, and i've only read about two or three volumes into the new 52 flash and in this one she starts out as being in a coma and that seems to give the motivation for Captain Cole to go about and um, uh, uh, commit his crimes is in order to sort of like gain enough money to uh, help his comatose sister, right? Ah. Uh, I think it's due to a brain tumor, if I remember rightly. Um, however, so uh, even in the, even the comic version of Captain Cole's becoming likable, you know? It's like I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why Captain Cole is one of like the best villains ever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. Uh, basically, uh, I think when Captain Cold's defeated, uh, the Flash then tries to um, tries to help treat Lisa. Uh, however, something something happens, uh, and it turns out that she can like um, uh, she's been given superhuman abilities, and uh, she basically can like I think she can I don't I can't remember what the word is, but I think she can sort of like separate herself from her body. Uh, astral, pro- a, ast- ast- astral projection. Yeah, something like that. So she's now become like a... So in the New 52, she becomes sort of like a superhuman. So there's two very much, very different uh, iterations of Golden Glider, a.k.a. Lisa Snart. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not they go for the pre-New 52 iteration of her, where she she seems to be like she has technologically advanced weapons, um, specifically revolving around her like advanced figure skates, and she uses like sort of... Uh, swords and ninja stuff in order to take out uh, in order to take out the flash or could they you know decide to go all out crazy and take her superhuman abilities uh, yeah. to see how it goes but um but no i mean she is she isn't a very well known villain um because obviously she's overshadowed by captain cold seen as the main one so uh, it's very cool to see the flash delve into some rogues that that aren't you know uh, they're not like the sort of like tier one rogues you know the tier one rogues you could argue being like captain cold boomerang mirror master trickster um uh yeah and that's it so obviously and probably a couple others but 
you know, I would see Heatwave and Glider as being sort of like tier two or tier three. So mm. uh, it's really cool that they're like, you know, using this time to sort of like introduce these sort of like not so well known villains within the Flash universe. Yeah, another one is Pied Piper, who I, th- I believe is going to be Pied next Piper. week's episode. Yeah, Pied Piper, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah see, what, um, see what we were talking about Gordon Glider. I'll just interrupt Ross. I've got this like stat thing on her, and at the side it says powers, right? First power is agility. <laughs> Second power is, I don't know if this is a power. Attractive female. Hell yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's a Seduce people. <laughs> but yeah, that's a wee bit. I can't believe I've listed that as a power. It's like, come on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what. Even what better, sorry, Ross. One of uh, our aliases is Ice Kate. Ice Kate. Ice Kate. Ice Kate. Oh, Ice Kate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, DC, you never fail to surprise me. This is amazing. <laughs> now, um, see if it was in Gotham, she would be called Ice Skate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, please continue. So, yeah. So, aye, it'll be interesting to see how this pulls out and whether or not Golden Glider becomes in the rogues gallery, which it looks like she will be. And it'll also open up some interest in um, character development between Captain Cold and Golden Glider. You know, uh, so right now, Captain Cold's motivation is to try and uh, defeat the Flash in order to rule Central City. There could be a good chance that Flash could accidentally... Uh, uh, be responsible for Golden Glider's death, which could possibly, you know, uh, plunge Captain Cold into a bit more of a sort of villain villain way in the fact that he now has like a a, a continuing issue with um, with the Flash. But yeah, for those of you that don't really know too much about the character, hopefully that was a wee bit of a uh, of a general idea as to what of, as to what to expect. Uh, when when Flash gets to the point of introducing her properly, so we'll no doubt be uh, waiting until she's properly introduced to go into a wee bit more about exactly what she's up mm. to and stuff like that. But uh, for those that could have been inquiring and uh, figuring out what she's all about, uh, hopefully that helped. Yeah, that was all about Ice Skate, which she'll be now <laughs> be known as. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's about us this week. We are glad to be back. Great to be having more Arrow and Flash on TV. And um, before we finish up, I have to say that uh, one of our listeners, thank you for pointing out there is a problem with our website just now. I've got our, um, we'll call him Webmaster, <laughs> looking at it just now. Um, we have no idea what the issue is, but if you do have any questions and comments, you can still get us on Twitter at Starling Radio. Um I have no idea what's up with the website at the moment. It will take us a little while to figure out the problem. Um, don't know what's oh, well, wrong with it. Well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, to get us, if you get us on uh, on Twitter, at Starling Radio, we're, we're always uh, over that Twitter account, so it'll be good to get some discussions. Tell us your theories behind them. Um, Mind what you want to see in the Flash season three. You know who, who, what, what rogues members would you like to see introduced in the Flash, um, Flash TV show? Uh, tweet is at Starling Radio and let us know. And uh, yeah, we should get some good discussions and good things. Um, uh, yeah. So, awesome. Cool. So, well, apart from that, I don't have a quote of Arrow this week. However, I will be returning back to Ross's Oliver Queen quotes for all you fans next week. Um, and Andy will be joining us as well. So, um, yeah, apart from that, Get us on Twitter and uh, tune in next week, folks. And never, ever stop digging that dig. Bye, folks. (laughs) 